0: Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Rachel Moranis. Rachel is the CMO of Transfix, a leading digital freight tech company. Rachel has spent the last two decades leading marketing and communications across a variety of venture-backed B2B SaaS companies in the comms tech, martech, and adtech sectors. Rachel's expertise lies in building high-performance marketing teams, establishing go-to-market strategies, processes, and infrastructure to create long-term scalable growth, developing cross-departmental alignment to drive opportunity and accountability across sales, customer success, product, and marketing, understanding the market and the customer through primary research. Building differentiated, empathetic, and trusted brands, and managing multi million dollar marketing budgets. She has built and led marketing teams most recently as CMO at Botify, an enterprise SEO technology company, CMO at Olapic, now Olapic by Social Native, a leader in visual marketing technology. CMO at MediaMath, a leader in ad tech and SVP at PR Newswire Scission. Rachel is a native New Yorker hailing from the Upper West Side who now lives in Montclair, New Jersey with her husband, two children and a 15 pound cockapoo. When she's not marketing high growth brands or acting as an Uber driver with her two teenagers, Rachel can be found swinging kettlebells or doing yoga. Welcome to the show, Rachel. I'm so excited to have you on.
1: Thank you so much, Jennifer. I'm really excited to be here.
0: All right, let's get started. So as a woman in tech, can you share your career journey and how you got to where you are today?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, so my, my experience in the tech industry has actually been predominantly as a marketer of um, mm-hmm. different technology platforms. Um, and so, you know, I started out um, on the communication side of marketing, but always in a an environment where what I was selling or, you know, telling stories around was a tech platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, when I think about sort of the the way in which I've interacted with technology, it's been both as um someone who has marketed and sold it but also someone who has increasingly used it um you know throughout my career and how important that has been to my own advancement um in my job so you know just by way of example when when i was younger in my career was around the time at which some of these sales and marketing platforms automation platforms were coming out and i was a primary buyer for these platforms but you know they they were very new to everyone and nobody really understood the power that they would have but everybody mm-hmm. understood that marketing needed to somehow be measurable mm-hmm. and so i you know i was sort of one of the early adopters of these marketing platforms that allowed you to measure the impact that you were driving through your programs and so forth so it really impacted me in that way and then you know i just continued in my career finding companies that i could um bring my skill set to that we're in the the tech space and help to them to establish themselves.
0: That's great. I mean, it's so great that you've had the practical side of tech, right? Because you've not only just learned it, you're not just book smart, but you actually did it, which is really exactly. great. I love that. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, Our future is girls, young girls coming into technology. It is so important for us to influence them, motivate them, um, and guide them to thinking about a career in tech. Can you share some of the ways that you're thinking about doing this? Yes, absolutely. So
1: I actually have a 14-year-old daughter. I have a Mm 14-year-old daughter and a 16-year-old son. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I think just, just by... The fact that their mother works in technology and works full Mm -hmm. time and has for all of their um, existence, you know, is part of how um, I am thinking about the importance of bringing tech to at least, you know, my family. Um, My daughter specifically has shown much more of an affinity um, for math and science than I certainly ever did growing up Mm -hmm. um, and and technology for that matter. Um, and I think that is actually, you know, one of the the positives of our of our education system right now and our curriculum, and at least the public. I live in Montclair, New Jersey, and the public schools out there is that there is a very concerted effort around making sure that um, kids, especially girls, have access to STEM education, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and and understand the various different opportunities ahead of them um, from a you know. a a mentorship or organizational perspective. I don't do anything personally with any organizations right now. I actually am just so strapped um, with my, my job and my night Um, job. Um, but you know, we, we as an organization at Transfix are very focused on making sure that we have, um, a lot of women in different seats across the organization and our director of engineering is a female, um, and she's, you know, she's incredible and she's cultivating an environment where, you know, different diverse candidates are, are interested in coming in and working at Transfix. So I think, you know, it's, it's more through just like everyday um, interactions and a concerted effort to make sure that um, the women in my life, whether it's at work or, you know, at home, have access to information and education around, you know, STEM and so forth.
0: I love that. That's great. Um, Having that introduction to kids in school is so important because that's, you know, ages 8 to 13 is when they're very much influenced by learning, right? And so if you pass that and you've never introduced it to them, then you've lost it. So that's, I'm so excited to hear you say that about the New Jersey school system. So that's great. Um, Okay, so you talked about Transfix a little bit. So what is Transfix mission regarding DEI and women empowerment both inside and outside the workplace?
1: Yeah, um, it's, you know, it's very much um, part of our, our ethos. So Transfix, just you know, to level set, Transfix mm-hmm. is a, an AI and data driven freight technology platform. Okay. So what we do is we connect shippers um. So think about all the big brands that you buy products from. We connect them with trucking companies to be yes. able to move their goods across the United States. So we're primarily yes. North America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we the genesis of Transfix came about because one of our co-founders had grown up in the trucking industry and recognized how incredibly inefficient and wasteful it was mm-hmm. and also how much it catered towards the big guys and not the small guys and what i mean by that is a small trucking company does not have the access to a big shipper that a big trucking company does and mm-hmm. most of those small trucking companies are owned by diverse people whether it's mm-hmm. people of color whether it's women whether it's you know veterans all different types of diversity and yes. so they sought out to create a technology platform that would effectively level the playing field and give access to this subset of small businesses in the trucking industry give them access to the bigger shippers so that they could build business around it so just from the you know day one that was you know sort of the the mission of transfix was to kind of level the playing field and drive inefficiencies out of the system what we have done since then has been you know very proactively thinking about our impact um, you know how we can impact the greater sustainability initiatives diversity initiatives and so forth everything from you know the products that we put out and and how we help shippers um, figure out ways in which they can take advantage of capacity so what we call capacity which is an empty truck going from one place to another and not be wasteful in that so it's not mm-hmm. traveling empty um, and so forth but More importantly, one of the things that we're doing now is we're really looking at helping um, these shippers understand the makeup of their networks and who is actually transporting their goods. Is it a diverse carrier? You know are they how much how much of the spend that they put into transportation is going towards diverse carriers? How much are they saving you know in carbon emissions by being smarter about their strategic network and how they you know how they move goods from one distribution center to another. So diversity, sustainability, all of that is very much a part of our offering as a business. And then, in terms of you know who we are as a business, it is front and center in everything that we do. So our hiring practices, um, you know, we are our, our recruiters are all trained in ensuring that they are um, going out to a diverse candidate pool, um, and then internally we have amazing employee resource groups um, for all different types of um, diversity, if you will. And these are very much sort of safe spaces for our people to, um, you know, converse and have, you know, interactions with like minded people. They do a lot of um, you know, fundraising and give back initiatives as well. So it really is part and parcel of who we are as a business, you know, ourselves internally and what we try to offer to our customers as well.
0: Wow, that is amazing. I love how they are so integrated into the whole DEI concept with the diversity, both in your truckers and vendors and everywhere, right? They're, they're really yes. looking, and they're looking at data to make better decisions, That's exactly which is right. so amazing, so That's amazing. Exactly I right. love like that. So as a woman, why do you love to work at uh, Transfix, and how does the organization <laughs> empower you to push yeah. the industry forward for other female professionals.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's you know, it's no secret that the transportation industry is, you know, historically a very male white dominated. male yeah. <laughs> dominated industry. Um, but I will say I've seen even in my short time in this industry in particular, I've seen a lot of um, increase in the number of women in you know these seats and you know some of our most important customers the day-to-day contacts that we have are women who are you know in transportation management logistics management positions which is i think new you know it's something mm-hmm. that really has only occurred in the past you know 5 5 to 10 years 5 to 8 mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. um I think when you look at the technology side of our industry, there are just, you know, I think you'll find more diversity there because, you know, it's more of the tech pool of talent than the logistics pool of talent. Um, but that said, you know, there's still a ton of work to be done. I think we're all at the beginning of our journey and, you know, making sure that there is um a, a a strong diversity in opinion and voice that comes from you know diversity and experience and so forth um you know i have really always worked in kind of male dominated industries and you know in some areas been more successful than others um but it's sort of just you know what i'm used to and i i like having a different voice than the rest of the people at the table
0: that's great. <laughs> It's just yeah. what i thrive on. Mm-hmm to be different you don't want to be the same voice that everybody's saying right that's really great um so i guess this next question kind of is something you've answered already but why did you feel encouraged and empowered to join a predominantly male industry which you know the trucking is and fleet management is what challenges have you experienced because of this um
1: So why did I feel empowered? I felt empowered because I like I like taking on this kind Mm -hmm. of a challenge. I like coming into a you know an industry and you know being challenged by the fact that people aren't used to hearing from you know someone like me. It's also Mm -hmm. yeah exactly, Um, and I felt encouraged to join this company in particular because of the people. Um, Mm -hmm. There was not a moment in you know my early interview process or discussions where I felt in any way whatsoever that you know, I was at a disadvantage for, you know, being a female. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think, you know, it was very much an advantage because they, they were consciously looking for female leadership. That's great. Um, yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that's actually really interesting about our company right now, anyway, on the sales side is that the, um, the leadership on the sales side is female, but all of the sales people themselves are male. Um, and, you know, and I think it's actually, it's a very interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously want to drive more female um, sales reps into the seats. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. right now, it's an interesting dynamic, because we have, you know, the, the, the management structure as predominantly female, and then the, the actual sales executives as mostly male. Hmm. But I actually think it brings, a, you know, it brings a different approach to
0: the perspective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. I love I love what your company is doing. So any challenges that you can think of? Uh, can you share with us some of the biggest one of the biggest challenges in your career and how you overcame it? <laughs> yes.
1: So, uh, you know, the, this is more general than specific. Yeah, but no, that's when, fine. When so I am nearing my. <gasps> 50th birthday. (laughs) Oh, happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. Been there, done that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because it feels somewhat empowering, as scary as it is. Yes, obviously. Yes. Um, Yeah. So, but when I was early in my career, um, the biggest challenges that I faced were from other women in Mm. leadership positions. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, you know, back then there were not, there were even fewer women, um, you know, in the workforce trying to make careers out of it mm-hmm. and not just the sort of biding time. Um, and I was very serious about my career at an early age and, you know, but I was also want, knew I wanted to, to have a family and all of that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think I threatened for whatever reason, these women who had been, toiling you know in the male dominated industries Mm -hmm. and maybe didn't have all the things that they saw ahead of me Mm and so I you know it was actually very challenging they were not my allies and so Mm -hmm. when I started to get you know advanced in my career it became very very important to me to be a leader who was an ally to women. Um, and not just passively, you know, more actively. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the ways that I do that is just, you know, I don't, it's not a big organizational thing where I go out and I speak at different things. It's more, you know, partnership internally and making sure that there's space for women to come and talk to me about my career journey. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I hosted a female happy hour the other day impromptu, which was just a chance to kind of get all the the women in the office together and just talk about different things. Um, And so while I don't do anything formally, I do a lot of it informally.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And, and everything you do, Makes a difference. So it doesn't have to be one big thing. It can be several little things, you know, just the motivation or them seeing you in a position in a leadership position makes them feel, oh, I can do that. If she can do it, I can do it. You know, it's very important for us to always be that role model. And I'm sorry to hear that, you know, women. In leadership. Yeah. And I mean, it was, felt, you know, we're talking 30 but that's years not, ago. You're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. There yeah. are, you know, many women that will say that. And there's, there's actually a saying that comes from that. Yeah. There's a, there's a special place in hell for women who yeah. don't help other women. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And, yep. You, know, you and need and to I help other women. That's. yeah. Yep. We're on I the agree. same page. Yep. That's yep. great. All right. So Rachel, who inspires you and why? Um,
1: I don't think there's any one person that I, Mm -hmm. you know, look to for inspiration. Um, I think I do what I do because I actually like the challenges that I face every day. And I'm inspired by the fact that I have progressed in my career. And I Mm -hmm. have, you know, it it, it was not, you know, by accident. I have been very deliberate and very... Mm -hmm you know, advocated for myself every step of the way, Mm -hmm. um, which is actually something that I tell, you know, younger women too Mm -hmm. how important Mm -hmm. that is. So I think, you know, what inspires me is getting to the next stage and being successful and, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to go home to my kids and tell them, you know, what I've done and answer their questions on what it's like to, you know, be in this business tech, crazy logistics world, you know, and, and Uh how I fight the challenges and there, you know, and I'm very open with my children about good days and bad days. And, you know, they've seen ups and downs in my career. Um, but I think that what inspires me is, you know, myself being able to achieve things and being able to
0: show that to my children. And then moving up to that next level, what what does success look like? Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. You've done such a great job in building your career with lots of learned lessons that were very deliberate on your part, you know, that that made it happen. It didn't just happen by accident. And I think that's what our listeners should be very in tune with to see how much work it takes to really be deliberate about your intentions, because that is really, really critical.
1: Yes. And be curious, right? I mean, right. I think one of the ways that I, one of the reasons I've been successful um, in my career is because I am, you know, always curious and I'm always asking questions and I'm not afraid, you know, to ask the hard question or ask the, the questions that may be easy that I just don't know the answers to, you know, right. and, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's really important is to be able to identify um, your deficits and
0: fill them by being curious and asking questions I love and, I love reading I and love a lot of questions because I learned that way. Right. Yes, I mean, if exactly. we don't ask, we don't learn. And there's no question that's stupid uh, exactly. that you feel, oh, it's stupid. I shouldn't ask. It's the one that you don't ask is the super exactly. stupid question.
1: <laughs> I agree. I so, agree. You and know. if you're in a room full of people who make you feel stupid for asking that question, that's their
0: issue. Not that's yours. their reason. Yeah. It's on them. All right. So, Rachel, this is a selfish question, because Mm -hmm. I'm building a bucket list of places I want to travel to. So what is your most favorite place that you've traveled to and why? So um, I'm going to answer it a little differently than
1: my most favorite. Well, maybe it's not that. So it's not that different. So um, when I was young, I got Mm -hmm. um, the chance to go to Israel um, Mm -hmm. as a teenager. And fell in love with the country. Years nice. later, I went back as a student and studied mm-hmm. there, and then years later went back in my career. I was actually working at a, a company that was doing tech events in Israel, so went back there then. I have not brought my family to Israel yet, and we mm-hmm. are now. We have just secured flights to Israel. Nice. Oh, um, that's at the end great! Of June, early July, and
0: nice.
1: it's an incredible place. Um, don't be scared by what you're, I mean, you know, be aware of what's going on there right now, but don't not go because of
0: it. Right, right. Um, right.
1: You've got you know, to go and experience it. An, yeah, yeah. It's an incredible, incredible place.
0: I have a friend that just went there and she said, oh, my God, it is amazing. So it's definitely on my list. And with with your recommendation, I'm definitely going to make sure I get there (laughs) at some point. So that's great. Great, great, great. So in closing, what advice would you give a woman that might be thinking about a career in technology?
1: I would say technology is a very, 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 very big sphere if you will there are many different opportunities to be involved in technology that are not direct you know it or engineering right you can work at a technology company in a creative role you can work at a technology company you know in a in a data science role there are so many avenues
0: so i, I think love really that what it because yeah because people think technology is coding always and exactly. it's not and it's look not. at you in That's marketing exactly right right
1: yeah, That's exactly yeah. right. So I think, you know, identifying what your passion is, regardless of technology, is key. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can identify that early on, then try lots of different things. But mm-hmm. in today's world, technology is going to, to intercept you, at, at you know, at many, many different points. And you just mm-hmm. have to decide where you want to play in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but like I said before, be curious, ask questions. Do your research, do your reading, look at different companies, you know, that that are driven by technology or selling technology or, you know, there are many different ways to, to sort of uh, slice that onion, if you will, peel that onion yep. when it comes
0: yep. to tech. That's great advice. I love the being curious, do your research, do your reading, make sure it's for you, but know that there's just not one place in IT. There's such a big sphere, like you said, and there's so many jobs, right? So there's something in there for you. Yep. and don't that's under
1: great. underestimate learning on the job. Learning on the job is probably one of the most important things,
0: and very you know, that important. You can do. Practical knowledge, yeah. like you said, yeah. is so critical. Yep. Yes. I love that. So, could you share with our listeners uh, how they can get a hold of you? Yes. Um, so,
1: I am on LinkedIn,
0: um, mm-hmm. Rachel
1: Moranis. Um, that's probably the the easiest place um, to find me because sure. I am always on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Have um, so yeah, so just look me up there and connect with me there. And, you know, let's start a conversation.
0: Great. I love it. Well, thank you, Rachel. It was an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, and I look forward to maybe at a future date to have you back.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Jennifer. It was it was really wonderful speaking with you. I appreciate the time.
0: Sure. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week.
1: From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.